Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. We're wrapping up the show here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, KFOR, and Lincoln. We are brought to you by our friends at the Team Jack Foundation. They had their 11th annual gala over the weekend on Saturday. Bryant Young was here. They had a silent auction our friends at the uh, NBNR podcast were representing Heard Out Heard at Sports down there as well, and Team Jack has been obviously closely associated with Nebraska, but they're doing terrific things nationwide in terms of childhood cancer research, fighting childhood brain cancer. They're not just working with Nebraska Medical Center, although they are. They're also working with national institutes such as Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, Columbia University, and more. They've raised over $12 million and counting to date, and their goal is laser-focused, finding better treatments for kids fighting brain cancer and one day a cure. That's the Team Jack Foundation. If you want to get involved, check out their future events. If you missed the gala, Donate directly on the website. It's teamjackfoundation.org to get involved. Uh, kind of returning to that conversation we were having about signing day as we – I'm going to uh, do a poll question. As we effort Stephen Means, uh, who covers Ohio State football and basketball for Cleveland.com. So the four options as we see them are status quo, December and February signing day. Add June and have three, June, December, February. Add June and get rid of December – so uh, June and, and February, or add June, get rid of February. So you got June and December. Mm-hmm. I think what, what you'd have to do, and we can, we can do this on the show tomorrow, what you'd have to do is make a list of the things you want to accomplish by having your signing days, what opportunities you want to afford uh, the players, what headaches you're trying to eliminate with coaches, and what chaos you're trying to get rid of with college football in general. Yeah. And that's how Especially you can, as the playoffs continue to expand. Yes, and that's how you can come to what makes the most sense for the multiple signing days. But joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline uh, covering Ohio State football and basketball for Cleveland.com is Stephen Means. Stephen, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. How you guys? Good, 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 my man. Hey, I guess out of the gates, what's your, what's your gut tell you about whether – the Buckeyes get a a, a a version of battle tonight or not? Mm, huh. That's a hard one. I, I do think they've at least been competing since Jake Diebler took over. And that's not, I don't think, a slight against Chris Holtman. I think that had already started before they had fired Chris Holtman for a team who's just trying to close out this year maybe with a little bit more fight than we had seen all season. So I do think it might be competitive. I'm just, I think one team, the roster seems to be surging a little bit here. Late in the year, as they're trying to find positioning for the Big Ten tournament, while with Ohio State, I think they're just trying to, you know, find as much positivity as possible. But I think Nebraska might end up winning. 
Okay, so how much of that actually has to do with the word I used and whether a guy like Battle <laughs> plays tonight for Ohio State? It always helps when he's in the lineup. I think it all matters. Right, right. I, I, he has been – he's an interesting piece for them. I don't know if he's their – he's their second-leading scorer, obviously, when you look at the stat sheet. Usage-wise, I think – Roddy Gale is probably their second best just overall player yeah. this year behind Bruce Thornton. But it is going to matter, right, because those three guys, all those guys, basically 14 points per game, that is going to matter. Uh, Steven, I, let me, let's rewind a little bit here to Chris Holtman. What went wrong with the Chris Holtman era? He made NCAA tournaments four of his first five years. The year that he didn't make it was COVID. They still had 20 wins. What happened the last couple years where the wheels fell off what was going on with Chris Holtman at Ohio State? Yeah, I think the the initial issue before obviously what happened the last two years was, yes, he was making the tournament, but they weren't really doing anything. It was almost, it's almost like you're in a pool and you're in too deep and you're just kind of staying afloat with your head up the water. You're doing just enough to be considered a a team that can be competitive against most teams, but not a good team that's good enough to actually win any of those basketball games, which is how you constantly get a team who's losing in the first and the second round of the NCAA tournament, how you get a team who every January seems to fall apart or is a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. And that's not necessarily the standard of Ohio State. It's not the football standard where it's win a national championship every year or <laughs> But you need to at least be competitive and be in the space and maybe every two or three years you're in a position where you make a Final Four run. And that wasn't happening, and it set up a world where now, when you do have some down years, mm. well, I mean, your high wasn't that high, and your lows are crazy low. We can't keep you here. And they, these last two years were supposed to be a reset when you've got back-to-back top ten recruiting classes. And I think individually, those players, as I mentioned, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Bryce Sensabaugh, Malachi Branham, they, they individually – some of his players have played very, very well, E.J. Liddell. But as a team, this is a team success game. This is a business of wins or losses, and you weren't winning enough to put yourself in a position where if you had some years like this, you were going to be safe to keep your job. Yeah, that's interesting, Stephen, because I guess to have the discussion, you have to set the parameters. How good a job is it in terms of the perception? Ravi and I argued about this for a couple of days on, and this is before we even knew that McDermott may be an option. I mean, we're just – talking about out loud about how, oh, my gosh, Michigan and Ohio State are at the bottom of the Big Ten at the time. Mm-hmm. How, what's the perception compared to football, though? How good of a job is it? I think it's a great job, honestly. I honestly think it's a really great job because it's not Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas. It's not a blue blood place where you do have those expectations of why haven't we won a national championship yet? Hey, we're going to fire you because you've lost three games in a row. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, Columbus is a great area. You get a lot of the same benefits that the football team does in terms of the NIL space and the fan interest gets there. It's not necessarily there during the football season, but right after December hits, when you get into January, this, this, the stands are typically packed. They haven't been for the last two years for obvious reasons. But when this team is good, go ask that Mata how good of a job this mm. is. Well, also, you know, you're not first. You're not first on the campus, right? All that energy, whether all that hyperbolic energy, goes towards Ryan Day. He takes all those hits for you. And so <laughs> your job is to draw attention to yourself in a good way. And when you draw attention to yourself in a good way, you're Thad Mata. 
when you draw attention to yourself in a bad way, you're the end of the Jim O'Brien era. You're the Chris Holman era. Mm. You know, Steven, so basically it's the advantages of a big-time job in terms of resources, money, facilities, all of that. But you have a giant heat shield in Ryan Day keeping you from burning up on reentry. Is that basically what you're saying? Most definitely. Well, let me ask you something. Thornton had his way in Lincoln, at least early. Uh, we, we referenced his scoring process. We know that. How does Ohio State have to play at home tonight to continue the, what momentum they're trying to build? Just consistency for 40 minutes. I, I do think in all of these games this year, you've seen the spurts. I don't think they've been in many games this year where they didn't look like they belong on the court. It's just, you know, it, the results are the results at the end of the day. But I think Bruce Thornton has been – I think he's one of the best players in the Big Ten already. It's just he happens to play for one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, so maybe he doesn't get the notoriety that he should be getting. Hmm. I think the more interesting piece, though, is Devin Royal, who – over the last couple of games here, has seemed to come along. He reminds me a lot of what E.J. Ludell was as a true freshman, where it's a small role because he's behind some guys who are veterans. They're bringing him along slow. But then by year two, it's like, oh, yo, this might be one of the best players in the Big Ten. And in year three, hey, he might be the best player in the Big Ten if you don't have a seven foot four guy up at Purdue averaging 20 and 10 every single night. So I think Bruce Thornton, yes, but I think he's become a known commodity. Roddy Gale, yes, but he's become a known commodity. Jamison Battle, yes, but he's become a known commodity. And we don't know what this roster is going to look like next year because those are also three guys who are one guy who's graduating and the other two aren't from here and their coach just got fired. But I think Devin Royal can be a foundational piece for whoever ends up being the head coach long-term here. Mm. Steven, going to switch gears with you here and go to football with just a couple minutes left. Uh, kind of going to ask two questions in one here. Uh, first, Ryan Day, I think maybe from a national perspective, has a little bit more heat on him than you would expect considering his record. But losing to Michigan, um, not getting that college football playoff success the way Ohio State's used to. What's the temperature of Ryan Day in Columbus right now? And in conjunction with that, how does Chip Kelly as his new offensive coordinator play into whether or not that seat cools down at all? It's such a hard thing to gauge because he's 56 and 8, man. Yep. He's lost <laughs> And he's lost 3 Big 10 games. They just happen to be to the wrong Big 10 team. Yep. It's it's so it and then he, the Ohio State's gotten on the playoff stage Multiple times, every time they've been competitive, they played Clemson in 19 in a game where if Chris Olave doesn't break off the route, they're going to the national championship game. Mm -hmm. They reach the national championship game the next year. If their entire roster isn't basically sitting in an infirmary by the end of the Georgia game, they probably win that game, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's a hard thing to gauge. I don't, I don't see a world where if Ohio State loses to Michigan a fourth straight time, he sees his job. He keeps his job, mm -hmm. and that's coming from someone who's covered this team for more than five years now. But also, I'm from Columbus, so like I understand. Like I don't know, you get fans it. and boosters are not going to put up with that, right? Yeah. They're, they're not going through the John Cooper arrogance. Now, granted, Michigan's not very good anymore because everything that made them good just left. Literally <laughs> everything. Yeah. Players, staff, <laughs> everybody. Yep. So it's weird. But I think if he loses that game again, I think next offseason is going to get interesting. But at the same time, I don't feel the pressure. Right? It's almost it's pressure, but you don't necessarily feel it because 
whether it's Gene Smith, whether it's Ross Bjork, the new athletic director, who will be up there starting in March, but he'll take over full-time in July. They're all saying the right things about Ryan Day right now. Mm-hmm. But it almost comes down to, let's see what happens in November in Columbus at the end of next week. Because they're going to make the playoff, right? We are in a 12-team playoff world now. But let's see what happens in that game. Let's see what happens. But then at the same time, what if they lose that game and still win a national championship? So he's just hit this crossroads where it's unacceptable to lose that game four times in a row, especially now that Michigan's probably not one of the five best programs in college football. But also, how much weight should we give that game in a world where you can lose it but then still go do everything you want to do in a season? Mm-hmm. Steven Means from Cleveland.com. Really good stuff, Stephen. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Any thoughts, guys? That's the show for today. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.